Hello, everybody. Kyle here. Welcome back to a new episode of Chaos and Shadow. I'm joined here by my co-host, Pagan. Pagan, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing? I am doing well. We're still hanging in there. We're doing this little episode. We're recording it on January 14th, 2021. Times are probably going to get a little crazy here up ahead. If you didn't already get the chance, please listen to our episode where we spoke out against all the bigotry and stuff that's been going on out there. It's something that Peg and I are very, very adamant about making a, a healthy, safe community that doesn't tolerate any sort of hatred like that. Um, it's something just near and dear to our hearts. So if you haven't given that a listen, please, please do. As for this week, Pagan, you put together a beautiful episode on the subject of infrasound uh, a few months back. Is that right? Yeah, it was a few months back. We were It was going to be one of our offshoot episodes. And then we just ended up saying, you know, we're not feeling this. Let's go ahead and shelve it for right now. And we'll come back to it at a later time. And now is that time. We, we are finally ready to do infrasound. We're ready to talk about it. And... You know, we went back and looked over our research, which wasn't 100% sound. We we redid our research and double-checked all of our facts to make sure it was very accurate as or as close to accurate as we could get. And now we have a really good episode to bring you guys today. I'm excited. Me too. And yes, don't let Pagan sell herself short. She went back through, redid the episode that she'd already put together for us and held it to way higher standards because in just the six or so months that we've been working on this show i we've just we've just changed so much this first one had references to wikipedia and things like that and just through our Mm -hmm. learning of how information gets misconstrued how the telephone game comes into play you went back through and and really this thing is, is pretty awesome and it's very fitting to talk about now because for those out there that got to listen to us talk about skinwalker ranch infrasound was a potential issue there So let's get into it. What actually is infrasound? According to an article from Science Direct, the definition of infrasound and low-frequency noise in its popular definition is sound below a frequency of 20 hertz. Now, 20 hertz is roughly considered the range where humans, that sound will be clearly audible. It should be noted that as you get into the real meat and science aspect of, of this subject, which is scientifically agreed upon, by the way, we do find differing opinions of what hurts can actually be heard. Sometimes you have to be in very unique situations for it. But again, to summarize infrasound, we're talking about sound that is below standard human hearing that can actually interfere with the inner workings of the body. Is that how you've come to understand it, Pagan? Yes, that is very much how I've come to understand it. So this subject is actually becoming more and more popular over time as people, as the general public, has become a little more concerned about these health risks. Let's cover, for starters, the history. How did this actually come to be discovered? Because, well, this will get you right back to the health issues. French scientist Vladimir Gavreau was interested in infrasonic waves when it first came about in his laboratory during the 1960s. He and his fellow laboratory assistants were experiencing shaking of equipment and a pain in their eardrums. Upon testing for it, their microphones couldn't actually pick up any direct, detectable, audible sounds. Therefore, they concluded that whatever is causing this shaking, whatever is causing this pain, must be something below our typical hearing spectrum, 
and they actually found it to be related to a large fan and the duct system. So they had a big old fan up there vibrating at a frequency they couldn't hear, but that their bodies mm-hmm. could feel. Weird. Yes. That, that's very true and very accurate with a lot of fan systems in a lot of buildings, especially older buildings. Uh, they, the fans just get clunky and they start producing weird vibrations that start doing things to people. It's true. And and you can even see on like lighter ends of the spectrum you know, without even going hardcore into infrasounds, how like continuous vibrations bother people. Um, you know, that mm-hmm. constant kind of moving, it puts your body on edge. And that's a lot of what we get into with infrasound is how it can be almost weaponized as uh, the body just can have these really adverse reactions. So much so that according to Vice, one of Hitler's chief architects was actually trying to set up a research experiment using sonic warfare to create a tool of death, which is uh, a big scary. It used parabolic dishes. It was Mm -hmm. trying to push like air and contract that to mess with the organs. And they were looking at killing people in under 30 seconds had it uh, gotten off to the races there. Yes, within a hundred yard radius. So this is, you know, a very large radius that they were wanting to just murder people. And your body wouldn't really in 30 seconds have time to stop the chain reaction of what was already happening unless you got out of that radius. And I don't think that you could really get out of a radius of a hundred yards in 30 seconds. I don't know. I'm not an epic sprinter, but um, I, I would say that that would be a rather difficult situation, especially if you don't know what's causing it. And I think that's a lot of the strength to this mechanism. We actually see this used by law enforcement currently in the United States. I want to say that infrasound was even utilized over the summer of 2020 during um, some of the protests. I I believe I heard recollection of them pulling out some sound weapons on people. And they do that to disperse crowds. I, I don't personally see this as a very humane thing because it can cause from what we've read up on or or even just semi-limited research of Mm -hmm. the lasting damage can be really bad i mean you messing with someone's eardrums you can't fix that very often so using this as a deterrent for crowds could come at the risk of some people in particular really having adverse health effects to it it's true and one of the um things that I read and uh, shows that I've also watched where people have been affected by infrasound, uh, it's taken people weeks or months to get back to a quote-unquote normal state of health after a really bad infrasound attack. And some people are just far more sensitive to infrasound than others are. And they have to completely avoid infrasound after an initial attack because it can do lasting damage. It's, It's a scary topic to think about, actually. It really is. And if you're okay with it, I'm going to jump us down a little so we can just tackle the reactions because I I see a case you have called out there that's going to flow into our natural events really well. So to continue talking about the the physical results people have. So below 10 hertz, it's possible to perceive the single cycles of the sound along with the sensation of pressure in the eardrum. So that's that's the very common one. Um, We also saw in some other articles saying that around... What was it about eight, seven, six, maybe even down to four hertz? Mm-hmm. That range particularly starts to mess with the composition of the human body. Um, they're talking about it making your 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 flesh actually agitated down to uh, its vibrational tone. 
Yes, I actually saw something in another article. Now, when you guys get the vault notes, there's, God, 15 or 16 sources that we've looked at. We've looked at so many sources that uh, it's hard to keep them all straight at this point. But in your vault notes, you'll be able to check all those sources out, too. But in addition to that, we there was one that I saw that it was actually so low and the vibrations were so strong that people were getting physical tears in their skin. What? Yeah. And it basically was vibrating the cells to rip apart from each other. Wow. And that's just creepy in so many, like that's something you would see in a horror movie where, you know, somebody just spontaneously combusts and, but they're not catching on fire. They're bursting from sound vibration. Yikes, that's absolutely terrifying. Like I I mean it, it seems right from from the visual representations you've seen uh, especially these days on Instagram and such you'll see a lot of videos go around. I know one that was popular um not long ago is how you can uh, play sounds or vibrations at a table with like sand or something on it. You see all the interesting patterns that they'll do kind of bouncing off it. I mean, mm-hmm. people try these at home with their own speakers sometimes. Uh might damage them though, so don't recommend. But, uh, you know, you see the physical reaction that things have to those vibrations. And, and like you're saying, you imagine cranking it up and putting someone in a situation where you, you as a scientist or someone that studied this, you know what frequencies agitate people. I have no doubt it would start to, like you said, literally shred them on a vibrational mm-hmm. level. Uh-huh. Uh, it's interesting, though, because when you get to just the basics of what people can uh, start to experience they will start to experience like pain in their ear. They start to kind of get a little seasick, a little dizzy, a little nauseous. And then they can go all the way to fatigue, massive migraines, can't see, can't stand up. Their body literally just starts to become jello. Like their bones don't want to hold them up because they don't have the physical strength to it. it. It gets really terrifying if it starts to continue and it doesn't take much. It can take just, you know, half an hour in an infrasonic wave, essentially, and your body can start to deteriorate. Now, we actually watched an example of it. What show did you recommend? Was that Expedition? That was Expedition Bigfoot. That was. Yeah. You're right. It was in their in-between season, wasn't it? They were doing some sort of like preview for season two that was compiling mm-hmm. previous evidence. And in that, we saw one of the guys from the team actually knocked out for the the well actually for the investigation to what they thought yeah. was an infrasound sort of situation yeah they couldn't explain what happened to him uh he ended up just having a, a slight headache i recommend you guys go watch the show you can probably find it on discovery plus uh their their app is great and the the guy ended up with a migraine and then the next day, he barely could see because the migraine was so debilitating. Uh, he could barely move. They actually had to carry him off the mountain. They had to carry him to a vehicle to get him to a hospital, which I think that they said that he stayed in the hospital for, don't quote me on this. I want to say it was a week, but I could be totally wrong on that. And he ended up just being completely knocked out. He could not come back to the investigation. And there was no evidentiary support to state what happened to him. But there is some rumored theory that states that Bigfoot and the way that they communicate is through infrasound. That is indeed a very interesting approach or observation. 
I could see it. I mean, in this episode, we're not exactly going to speculate or spend too much time speculating on stuff. But having heard Bigfoot calls and having heard some of the appreciated theory these days of what's doing it, that would make total sense, Peg. And also you hear that with a lot of UFO cases, too. I mean, we started this by saying this is an offshoot of Skinwalker at this point. Um, But, yeah, you start looking at UFO cases where people say they're hearing loud humming noises. Gosh, in one of our earliest episodes... I wonder if you remember, we read a story where there was a like someone standing, there was like a wife or husband standing in the kitchen and the person like couldn't even hear the folks from across yes, the room. Yes, oh, uh, oh Massachusetts. Yeah, that might have been that. That might have been I wanna, Massachusetts. I want to think it was the, I'm going to get the, the area wrong, I want to say, wasn't Bennington Triangle, Bridgewater Triangle maybe? Might have been Bridgewater. I, I think you could yeah. be right with that. Uh, yeah, I just remember, like, it was like a localized, almost muting of the volume, if you will. Like, Mm -hmm. they couldn't hear stuff from across the room and vice versa. So, again, UFOs have a lot of sound play involved with them as to how they affect people, which, as we see here, these could be very well tied together. There's been strong correlation evidence that having or being exposed to infrasound can actually induce bouts of paranoia as well so some Mm -hmm. of these cases where people like you said are hearing bigfoot may also next be feeling these intense cases of fear out of the blue unexplainable you know no rational explanation maybe they were feeling pretty good a minute ago or like we also see with infrasound it localized to an area so sometimes Mm -hmm. when people are walking into it they're feeling worse than when they leave it's very true. There's there's a lot of crazy phenomenon that's surrounded with infrasound, everything from animal communication uh, to various places that have, quote unquote, hums or weird infrasound kind of incidences that happen. And we have natural uh, events that also cause it, like earthquakes and waves and tsunamis and even waterfalls can create infrasound. So it's just a very interesting kind of thing to start looking at all of these different pieces that could potentially be affecting our bodies and affecting how we feel. I'm glad you brought up the natural events because I, when we when we started this podcast a couple months ago, was reading a book called Dead Mountain, The Untold True Story of the Dyatlov Pass. Now, this is another cool offshoot episode for people to get in and research. But the Dyatlov Pass incident is a very interesting one that took place in the Soviet Union where nine Russian hikers disappeared near Siberia in 1959. Now, these folks were expert hikers, like top of their class in hiking to the point they were intentionally seeking out a super hard challenge to get the certification to then teach other people how to do these extraordinary hikes. So when I say like people got lost in the the mountains, unlike our previous episodes, these people were seeking it out and they were prepared. So what gets Mm -hmm. weird about this case, and and this is a little bit of spoiler of the Dead Mountain book, so mute your ears for just 30 seconds, skip ahead in the podcast if you want. (laughs) But uh, the author, uh, Donnie Eicher, speculates that these hikers may have gone missing because where they pitched their tent, a strong camping tent intended for this purpose, they pitched it on a side of a mountain that may have kind of parabolically reflected sound in a way that provided an infrasound situation. 
This theory is a little bit out there. I didn't think this was an appropriate conclusion to an amazing mystery myself. The reason I thought it was a little strange is the author says that there would have needed to been like a, a cyclone wind condition that would have caused the infrasound to actually, you know, that the cyclone then has wind, then that bounces off the mountain, then that affects the campers, which is maybe why in one of the cases they cut their way out of a tent, ruining their only shelter. Um, either way, that's a whole story on its own, but it is mm -hmm. interesting to see he worked with scientists at, I want to say it was Colorado University. I'm, I'm pulling out of some memory there, but he actually sat down with a whole scientific team that looks at infrasound and speculated with them about how this could work. So potential supplementary reading there, gang. It's very true. And, you know, this is one of those things that, yes, nature can create infrasound, such as, you know, severe weather surf on the ocean or lakes, large waves, avalanches, earthquakes, volcanoes, waterfalls, calving icebergs, meteors, and upper atmospheric lightning. These are all different things that can actually create infrasound on the earth. And we wouldn't even realize that a lot of times that we were experiencing infrasound because we didn't know that these natural occurrences were producing it. It's not saying that you can't go look at your waterfalls and go hiking and all that stuff. You just got to be careful. Like, pay attention to your body. Well, exactly. And, and you also called out meteors in there, which is very interesting. Because having watched some of those like meteor fall um, videos, there was that one really big one that went over Russia over Chelyabinsk a couple years ago. And that sonic boom that came out of that meteor broke windows across the city. You wonder, I mean, when you see the the physical power of sound waves, like those are the overt mm -hmm. ones, right? Those are the big ones. But you see windows just blowing out of buildings. And then you wonder, okay, well, if sound has that sort of power on that major spectrum, yeah, what happens when it goes down below our ears? Like you said, it's it's something, well, I guess I should say even further back to when we talked about our scientists introducing it, it's not very, very easy to detect. So when you're out and about, you know, you're, you're not going to be able to scan for this in a casual, convenient way. But like you said, if your body is telling you to get out, there can be some really strong reasons behind it that our, our conscious brains just aren't really uh, understanding yet. It's very true. There's a lot of things that do that. Interestingly enough, though, you know, we kind of talked about the Bigfoot thing. Mm -hmm. And many Bigfoot researchers believe that Bigfoot actually is an animal. They think that he's just an animal that has not truly been discovered as of yet. And where others believe that he's not, that, you know, he's fae or he's an alien, whatever, you, whatever you believe, that's cool. You know, We're, we don't judge about Bigfoot around here. But animal communication such as whales, elephants, hippos, rhinos, even alligators and several other species of animals all use infrasound to communicate. And they do it over large distances, especially one of the things that I read in an article was that elephants will do that. They'll be walking through the jungle and they can't find the rest of the herd. So they use infrasound to not alert predators to them and to find the rest of the herd to basically stick together. It's very interesting. That is super interesting. And I and I wanted to say, like, almost unsurprising when, you know, you come to understand it. We also, before we got together to record this, we talked a little bit about ultrasounds off air, uh, things being above the, the human spectrum of hearing and such. 
Uh, we also think of bats, right? Bats use kind of mm-hmm. a, an echolocation thing. You hear their chirping. But a lot more is going on to them than what we can actually tell. That's all about uh, kind of radar principles and, and, and detecting sound waves that bounce back and forth. Uh, definitely heard the same with dolphins, too. You know, a lot of their, their chirping and such. I believe a lot of the nose is kind of used for that and detecting vibrations. Mm-hmm. There's precedent. I mean, there's precedent. That is what I am here to say is scientifically infrasound is not debated. I guess I'm trying to draw like people's minds when you see how animals practically use this stuff and then you start applying it to this more metaphysical world that we spend our time theorizing. It doesn't really feel much like sci-fi, does it? It really doesn't. And, you know, there's a lot of correlation between infrasound and the paranormal, which is where we start getting into that kind of metaphysical world there. It turns out that infrasound could be the responsibility for a lot of, quote unquote, hauntings in places, especially places where you might have these kind of atmospheric conditions that we had mentioned about the natural sources of infrasound. And it may just be your body's way of saying this is not a safe place for you to be. Get out. Just go. And the other times, there's also a very large possibility that the place is haunted and it's not infrasound that's doing it to you. It's the strange barrier of how these kind of energies are connecting with our physical bodies, whether it be an energetic source from a supernatural reason or it's a explainable source like infrasound. It's still technically all energy and it still affects our body and sometimes in similar ways. Totally just speculating here, not expecting any sort of firm answer to this. But uh, if you have one or any listener out there, please let me know. I'm curious, what has there been a discussion to this point of if ghosts or apparitions like that, spirits, might actually be using uh, infrasound to communicate with folks? Because, I mean, and maybe that's the point of the EVP system, too. But, I mean, are those... Do you have any insight to that, Pagan? Do you know if those how closely those two intertwine? Because my understanding of EVP is just not necessarily catching infrasound, but just sound that can't easily be heard. Well, I mean, technically, that's the definition of infrasound right there. It's the sound that we can't audibly hear. So in that regard, then, yeah, it could very well be infrasound that they're using to communicate. And, you know, it's interesting when you see like a volcano erupt. I was watching a nature documentary the other night and you see this volcano erupt, but you don't hear it. And it takes about 10 seconds before you hear it. And you see that wave of sound hit and it moves clouds in the air. The sound does not the actual like movement of the ash or anything like that. It's the physical force of that sound that's doing it. So when we hear those knocks or we hear, you know, an item fall over or something happens or in an EVP, maybe it is just that sheer force of sound that's doing it. Maybe they're not physically touching an item. Maybe they're just using sound waves to actually communicate. Maybe that's the the barrier between dimensions is the waves of sound. I don't really know. This is all my own personal opinion and speculation. It very well could be those things. But truth be told, I have no idea. And you called out a good um, kind of, I guess, I don't even know if I want to say it's a debate, but I guess it can be seen as such. I don't have the expertise in sound engineering to completely speak to this aspect, but we did see there's a difference between so infrasound has some really loose term applications, right? We we said initially it's things that are below 20 hertz. 
Um, but it also depends on the amplitude, the decibel count that's turned mm-hmm. up into it, too. So I guess in refining my question, I, I probably should be asking again, not expecting you to have this answer, but are the the microphones people use to do EVPs, are they actually even set up for infrasound? Because what you had said was, you know, that is the definition. But I don't know that that's true. As I see mm-hmm. infrasound, it has to be certain frequency ranges, which as I perceive the use of like, um, you know, someone whipping out their phone to record in for, or uh, to record EVPs, that could just be that the human ear could hear it, but you're not hearing it at that moment. Um, but audio equipment can. So I guess my question will boil down to a, a specific one case by case, which is mm-hmm. the equipment that people are using. Are they using stuff that can even detect infrasound or does that equipment only start at the higher range of hearing around that 20 hertz, in which case Mm -hmm. the ghost just would be speaking in that frequency if your ear couldn't hear it, but it could be heard if you were kind of tilted the right way, if you will. Well, I can't answer that wholeheartedly, but I can tell you in one of the episodes that I watched of Expedition Bigfoot, Mm -hmm. and this doesn't have to do with hauntings, but it does have to do with the paranormal world of Bigfoot. They did catch a call from Bigfoot that was registering at negative 50 hertz. It couldn't be heard at all, but the audio equipment picked it up and recorded it. And computer equipment was able to analyze where the hertz was. I didn't I didn't look to see about the decibels, so I don't I can't answer the decibels aspect of that. But it is possible, and I do believe that we do have the technology to register that. I just don't know if our, you know, average ghost hunters or uh, any paranormal investigators out there are using equipment that would range for infrasound or if we can even afford that kind of technology. I don't know how readily available that is. So that's an interesting topic. And I think that we'll have to kind of look into that in the future. I think that that's something that we can't really definitively answer right now. I think very true. What I'm curious of seeing um, will be if uh, a lot of the popular ones can do that. Some initial Googling here on the side puts a little bit of doubt in it. I don't want to shut anyone down out there. Any audiophiles that are really interested in this, please feel free to write in and, and tell more so that we can dive deeper but I was actually mm-hmm. trying to see um, uh, if there's many apps or anything like that people are talking about here. And it doesn't seem very popular. Um, people are saying, again, with some of those the programs going into the spectrograph uh, and trying to learn that. But again, people are countering saying if your equipment's not sensitive enough for it, you're out of luck. So, yeah, hmm, just a good thing to think- keep in mind. I don't think a phone is going to be um, sensitive enough to really truly pick up infrasound waves, but I don't know. I mean, they might be. I, I really don't know. I, I don't test my phone's microphone enough to really answer that question. But, you know, I think with new technology that's coming out, that's something that we can definitely look to in the future and see what we can find out. It'll be very, very cool. So, yeah, back to the actual phenomena in haunted houses, Um both commercially, like the, the fake ones that they're put up in Halloween and the uh, ones that are allegedly haunted to sell tickets to kind of scam people. In both cases, historically, we've had incidents of people manipulating sound to artificially channel fear uh, or other sort of haunting elements. Again, not to dismiss all, all counts of haunting, but 
I remember talking about paratourism um, with Brian a, a couple mm-hmm. months back, and we were talking about how sometimes paratourism goes wrong. And then I heard Greg Newkirk talking about something similar the other night where, again, some accounts of houses that were portrayed to be haunted to get investigators to come and stay and pay some money uh, wound up being found out as people, again, manipulating things. Uh, sometimes in our own hearing spectrum, too. That that should be very much noted. Mm-hmm. That There is this infrasound, which is just something you cannot hear, your body can only feel. But it should be noted that people tend to then couple that with sounds you can. And, Pagan, you found some of this with the Vietnam War. I did. I found some interesting stuff about the Vietnam War where they were playing the... I'm going to probably get this the name of this wrong without looking at it right at the top of my head. I'd have to open the <laughs> article again. But I believe it was the tape of the wandering soul. Sounds right. And you can go into the vault notes and look through the stuff in all of the articles in there. It's in the Vice article, so you can go listen, listen. to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they they were playing these sounds that sounded like basically ghosts that were wailing and calling out for help and, you know, saying that they messed up and all this, which, you know, to the culture of the Vietnamese people during that time period, if you didn't properly bury someone with the appropriate rights, their soul was doomed to wander the planes of existence forever. And so because a lot of bodies couldn't be found during the war, that was one of the things that they feared. They feared these souls coming back to get them. And our government kind of played it up and tried to scare the snipers away from sniping people away. Uh, with those kind of things, when it comes to war, I don't agree with it. But at the same time, the Vietnam War was just an ugly, ugly war. So yeah. I, I'm not justifying it in any way. I'm just saying that it was just a very ugly thing to do to play on somebody's cultural beliefs to make them behave essentially and you're very right it's a very 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 gross war especially because that's the time in american history uh, if you're someone that's in the occult world where a lot of those really gross government experiments start cropping up and stuff specifically this falls under psyops or psychological operations against the people And that's where you Mm kind of get that spectrum of sounds, right? So infrasound below hearing coupled with that culturally offensive sort of thing that's being broadcast, lost family Mm -hmm. members haunting them and such. So psychological operations, I always recommend people, this one veers a little bit away from infrasound, but very much on the PSYOP side. Netflix has that Waco, Texas miniseries, just called Waco, Really creepy to see what the ATF, the alcohol, tobacco, and firearms folks did to uh, this this small cult. I mean, the show portrays them as, as not so villainous, this cult. I don't know deep down if they were, but the ATF blasts similar sounds that they used overseas in Vietnam uh, in their windows, coupled with flashing lights in the middle of the night, like strobe light style. Uh, you know, huge, huge speakers that are pulled in on the back of trucks just blasting at their their compound very traumatizing like this this sort of sound can easily drive people to self-harm all kinds of stuff like you are really trying to break someone at the core when this is used um, to manipulate Mm -hmm. so very very dangerous aspects of it as we see people utilizing it as we see it in the paranormal though i don't know 
I've, I've not really come across many cases of it seeming like people were intentionally hurt by it in the paranormal world. As far as I've come across so far, I see it used like like you, you mentioned with the Bigfoot thing. Um, it seems to be lo- wrong place, wrong time sort of situation where people yes. may inadvertently get exposed to it and then have really semi-dire consequences from it. Yeah, some people end up getting uh, very badly hurt from it. They get experience terrible migraines. They experience fatigue and weakness and dizziness and all that, which we do attribute to a lot of like uh, uh, electromagnetic field areas and those kind of waves that we experience. So it's kind of this strange accumulation of different things that could be happening in a potential haunted location it could be the potential haunting itself it could be the emf range it could be the infrasound it could be all sorts of stuff i we don't really know because we don't have the technology to really judge 100 what's causing it very good point very good point from everything i've seen you'd need to get some true scientific equipment out there so to all the ghost hunters and such paranormal investigators that are you know, investing in these cameras and such, the microphones. If you're l- really interested in investigating infrasound further, I would definitely recommend doing some serious reading up. Like Pagan said, the vault notes are attached with some detailed articles that go well ab- beyond my uh, understanding of sound frequencies. But if you really want to start like ruling that out as a possibility in homes, the po- it- it's more likely than people think. We've We've heard some cases of it going back to pipes in the walls resonating in a strange mm-hmm. frequency. Like you said earlier, the air conditioning ducts um, and all that equipment, the fans go bad over time, can start resonating yes. like that. Uh, equipment uh, in the neighborhood, too, like a construction mm-hmm. equipment popular? Construction equipment can easily do it. The other thing, too, is if you live near military bases, the artillery cannons, that they, when they test fire them and they are doing training with those, those sound waves travel a long, long way. And, you know, I live, God, probably 20 minutes or so from a military base. And we can still hear distantly the cannons, but it shakes our house. That's how strong those cannons are. So ultimately, yeah. And on those days, I get very irritated. I get very annoyed. And I'm like, okay, I, I got to get out of my house. I got to go do something. I got to go take a walk. Because it's very annoying. But it doesn't, other than irritation, it doesn't really physically affect me. Thank goodness. But I suppose if you lived closer to it, yeah, it could potentially do some damage. I, it, it, this stuff absolutely should be looked at. Speaking of damage i i can't help before we kind of begin wrapping this episode up to talk about the windsor hum because this this mm-hmm. goes to talk about how these sounds can really drive people crazy so oh, yeah for decades canadians living near the u.s border swore they could hear a strange low frequency vibration says npr now this article i found pagan is really interesting because apparently the pandemic has brought around the end to this Windsor hum. Little background. Folks are living in this area, experiencing this constant day in, day out, low frequency vibration that actually it's shaking people's homes, their windows. You can imagine some people are way more sensitive than others. So folks are living like this for a decade in this zone. And they're just having news reports on it there was all kinds of stuff i want to say the city even launched an investigation into it 
Because mm-hmm. now thought that because the changes to working conditions that was indeed a U.S. steel plant that uh, was on Zug Island making some of this noise. And with that stuff being changed around, it seems like the mystery has been solved. If I can find more on that in the future, we might do a little recap on it. We might actually talk specifically about the Windsor Hum for a minute for you guys. But um, just a little example, a fun story you guys can get into about how annoying, how damaging, how persistent these sounds can be and and what they do to the Mm -hmm. people that feel them. I really felt for the people I watched an interview there. Yeah, it, it was it was one of those things because we when we originally t- talked about potentially doing a case on infrasound, we had talked about the Windsor Hum mm-hmm. and that that was one of the speculations was the steel plant potentially causing this, which they do say that, you know, constantly running machinery that, you know, plants that are open 24 hours a day, those kind of things can create these kinds of sounds. So ultimately, now that they've kind of realized what the culprit was, I would say the people that suspected that plant were right and probably congratulating themselves a little bit. I'm sure. It says, so one of the blast furnaces went quiet in April, and so did the hum. So that was April of 2020. Oh, well, that would probably be what caused it. What a, an insane just demonstration of what this stuff can do. Uh, you know, like we said, it's, it's, it's hard to test for. But uh, it's something we probably should be testing for more as humans. Like when we're mm-hmm. when we're developing areas, when we're doing housing complexes, when we're moving into places and just doing your your kind of standard health and safety check. Uh, I don't mean to be too over the top, but it sounds to me like reasonably knowing the medical concerns, knowing the psychological concerns. Mm-hmm. it'd be nice to check like i'd like to know for sure even for the quick example my apartment has a hum that my neighbor and i have never really been able to figure out but our our wall between our units vibrates and it's neither of our stuff so we're like okay is it someone below maybe but it feels like um it feels like you've almost got a heavy truck parked nearby and speaking of, I haven't noticed this hum in a in like a year. So is mine also pandemic related? It did something I don't know. It might be. <laughs> I'm actually genuinely wondering now. I didn't I didn't do that just for a bit, everyone. I'm like, huh. Yeah, I really haven't noticed. But our wall used to like vibrate and it would do it at like nine in the evening. So like weird times that you're like Oh, that's definitely a weird time period. And it wasn't like someone was shaking or banging something, right? It was like constant you could just you could semi hear it if you're close to the wall. I actually noticed it because one of my um, uh, shelves that was there was sh- rattling until I had gotten you know some something stuff behind it to make it not do that. But yeah, you can see this stuff have real practical effects in people's lives. So as we wrap this one up, I'll say ghost hunters, Bigfoot investigators, paranormal fans, look into infrasound. It is a good avenue of approach and seeing as Uh we're only just starting to peel back layers on what it can do um, that means we sky's the limit on how much it actually is affecting the paranormal and vice versa definitely definitely thinking about that because the other thing too it's something that not only as investigators you should be looking for but also be protecting yourselves from so if it feels wrong you know and you're like oh no it's a spirit 
make sure that you're really staying tuned into those kind of bodily feelings because it might not be a spirit. It might be actually infrasound that's damaging you. And ultimately, you need to protect yourself at that point, too. So be good to yourselves and investigate. Agreed. Pagan, thank you so much for doing all the wonderful research for this episode. Oh, it was my pleasure. Infrasound is just so, so cool to discuss. So I'm really happy we could do this. It was very, very fun to sit down and kind of continue our Skinwalker Ranch investigation, but in a different way. And in Mm -hmm. our upcoming episode, we're going to be looking at the phenomena of Chupa Chupas, or a, a UFO flap that hit Brazil, in which UFOs were attacking people. Now, this actually follows a very similar vein because the technology at play, whatever was hitting these people was kind of burning them, which gets us down to like the particle acceleration sort of thing. Like we Mm -hmm. see that in law enforcement in the very same breath that people talk about infrasound. They're like, yeah, how about our microwave beam that'll keep people away? So (laughs) all in all, it feels all very tied together. There's a lot of psyops from the U.S. government that goes along with it. There's a lot of skinwalker investigations that, that go along. If you are out there listening and enjoying yourself, please consider checking out the website, chaosandshadow.com. Over there, we have a blog, which is updating three times a week with amazing content. Mm -hmm. Pagan, you actually, for this upcoming Sunday, oh no, folks are going to get this episode too late. Ah, Folks that are listening to this on the 18th, just know you missed a really good um, candle lighting ceremony on the 17th, but fret not, because we're thinking about doing this on like a weekly or bi-weekly basis, looking at Sundays, Pagan, do you want to tell them a little bit about what's happening on the 17th or what happened in this case? (laughs) What happened on the 17th? We had a nice little candle kind of ritual where we were able to come together and promote good health, good growth. You know, we all need this right now in this time of year. And this is the time of year when we all start new projects and just really start preparing ourselves for a brand new year of new adventures, new things that we're doing. And so this is a good thing to make sure that you're keeping yourself healthy and also to promote yourself in a good growing way. And when I say a good growing way, it's, you know, positivity, all the good stuff that you want in your life that brings you joy and happiness. You want to see those areas flourish. And this is what that ritual was about. This ritual is going to be about those kind of things. And we're going to do far more rituals in the future. I I really do kind of like this, like a nice occult Sunday thing where we do just a nice quick little ritual together and just have some nice spiritual time and just chill on Sunday evenings together. I like it. Me too. And they're archived in our Facebook uh, section. So you can actually go over, uh, just type into your browser, fb.com forward slash chaos and shadow. That'll get you right there. All those links mm-hmm. will be in our description. And I'll say, if you're someone, this is us promoting our, our occult shop there. If you're someone that wants to participate, if you're unfamiliar with incense, if you're unfamiliar with candles and candle magic, our shop has stuff up there made for people that are um, either short on time or folks that are just looking to get their feet wet. We know diving into the occult can be a tricky thing when you're just starting out. So let us guide you where we can. Pagan's done beautiful accompanying articles as well as just uh, a plethora of witchy articles that talk about different aspects. So get up there, dive into all of that knowledge. If you're interested in becoming a member that would mean so much to us because every every dollar towards the show goes back to keeping us fed and promoting good content. Uh, and finally, I'll say, if you can, sharing the show with friends and family, that word of mouth is everything. 
We cannot thank you enough. Pagan. It absolutely is. Pagan, I will pass along a big thank you to you again. And then I say, let's get out of here. Let's let these folks enjoy their week. Everyone stay safe, stay healthy, uh, stay smart, and, and pay attention to what's going on out there in the world. Take care of each other. Thanks for listening. Yes. We'll talk to you all next week. Bye-bye. Bye.